You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Brad. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 725, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your ticket and resort reservation. Text Vicki for a free quote at 636-395-0544. And I will apologize up front. The allergies have finally made its rounds and hit me. So that's why I sound a little bit different today. I didn't have a voice at all a couple of days ago. So this is progress. And I was gonna say, I sound almost normal. You do. It's only taken 10 days and a lot of medicine. A lot of over-the-counter stuff. Well, you were never normal, but... (laughs) So before you leave for a Disney World trip, there's a lot of things to think about. And I know we've done a lot of shows over time. This one's a little bit different. There might be a few repetitive things in it, but for the most part, it's just talking about all the things that you may or may not consider prior to going to Disney World. And some of them are just nice to hear, even for us who plan trips for people. It's nice to hear different perspectives. So we want to tell you some things that we think will help make your trip better before you get there or after you get there. So before you leave, I'm sure we've told you this before, but please, I'm begging of you. It's Florida. Bring the sunscreen. It's also Florida and sometimes known for showers. So bring a raincoat or an umbrella or both. A battery charger for your phone because as Brad's told you, a lot lately it is imperative that you have a smartphone so your phone needs to be readily charged so make sure you have one of those you can get them on amazon for a relatively cheap price you may want to uh, make sure that you can charge your phone at least one time maybe two just depending on if you're doing a full park you know rope drop to closing kind of day and the other thing that is most most important is two pairs of tennis shoes now I know you can buy sunscreen and rain gear and battery chargers at Disney, but if you could, if you're like me and you're cheap, you want to buy them cheaper at home, obviously. Florida has spot showers and there are also water rides that you might want to ride. And one of your pairs of shoes may get squishy and you don't want to wear squishy shoes all week long or however many days you're going to be there because that's just not fun. So you want to have at least two pairs. If you need a testimonial, We can maybe insert something from our son who didn't listen to us one of the times we went to Disney World and had to wear squishy shoes. Another choice would be to bring your flip-flops in your backpack, but a lot of people don't like to carry a backpack in the park. You could always bring flip-flops, switch into the flip-flops if it's going to rain, or switch into the flip-flops if you're going on a water ride. However, I'm just saying, two pairs of tennis shoes, always a great idea. Going back and circling back on the battery pack that you mentioned because of all the electronic devices now disney is not helping you in that regard because the new magic bands they're adding to my list of things i have to charge because that's now got to be charged as well not if we don't buy one correct i'm just not a fan of it so they're now going to start 
I guess, coming out with things that have to be charged as well. So, yippee. <laughs> have you met my husband, the pessimist? And yes, it is true that you're almost guaranteed, probably on the daily, to get some type of shower in Florida. And it may be five minutes, it may be 15 minutes. It's usually not hours long rain that you get in Florida. There are exceptions, but yeah, it can come, as my parents like to say, gully washers when I was growing up. It'll, it'll come one of those every now and then. Just bring those because if you don't, you don't want to be hanging out in the wind without anything. Otherwise, it could ruin your day. Although I think we made really good time for the one rainstorm we had. Yeah. Where we splashed in the puddles and the kids were a lot younger then too. Yes. And so were we. Yes, we were. Hmm. All right. Well, next up, we're going to talk about time management. Now, time management is huge when it comes to your Disney World trip because time is money. Even if you have your resort reserved and you got your park reservations reserved and your dining reserved, if you don't practice good time management, it can throw off your whole schedule and your whole and your whole trip. Now, we kind of recommend that you that you rope drop parks, which means you get there when they open actually before they open so that you can be one of the first in when they do open. However, I mean, it just, it depends on your trip. If you're going to be at a park more than one day, you might not have to rope drop both days. It just depends. So I think you should arrive at the bus stop about 45 minutes to an hour before rope drop, because that's when the buses really start running. And that way you can get to the park maybe about 30 minutes ahead of the actual opening and you won't regret it because it'll just make for an easier time to get on some of the rides if you can be one of the first in the park um we recommend having your clothes laid out the night before and even just do a grab and go breakfast because that can slow you down if you do all of those things and still try to get there at park open it just makes you have to get up that much earlier which i am not a fan of as you know but it can throw off your day if you don't properly plan and practice time management. Uh, I think we've become pretty good at this over the years, Vic. If you're only going to be in Disney World once in the next five to ten years, obviously you want to rope drop and get as much in as you can. So it just it just depends. Yeah, I know at first you, you and Joey were like, we're going to do what? But then once you realized that it's better to do that because not everybody is a morning person and you can, you know ride a lot of rides that people want to ride that you can't during the normal day the temporary pain is worth it you should capitalize on it and you can always take a nap later in the day yeah now if you decide to travel with a large party and i'm not talking like four or five i'm talking a large party eight or more you want to listen closely to this you may want to choose a place to meet rather than everybody try to meet at if you're all staying at the same resort if everybody's on different wavelengths um, and different time schedules, like someday I'm just expecting to wake up and Kaylee's going to be gone and we're still going to be in the room. Um, you may just want to decide a time and a place where to meet your party. And some of them might decide not to do rope drop and that's fine, just like Brad said. However, you want to plan this stuff ahead only because you don't want to be standing there at the bus stop trying to figure out what you're doing. It's just a good idea for you to kind of lay out the land or the, the what the day is going to look like. Map it out. For example, you might want to have either a Zoom call with your family. That's so crazy that we say that all the time now. 
um, you might want to decide, okay, these seven people in our family like to go on the crazy thrill ride roller coasters, but these, yeah, they're not so much on that. They want the, they want the people mover kind of rides and they want the small world kind of rides. And then you have some people that are just there for the shows. And honestly, we know one person that goes with their family only to make them happy and literally sits on the bench and holds everything and goes from place to place for them. And people watch us. So it's a good idea prior to going to Disney that you guys determine who's in what what group so that you don't spend time or waste time, I should say, at the park trying to determine this stuff once you get there. And let me tell you, people watching at Disney is a level up from Walmart people watching. <laughs> it, it, it's a level up. If, you, if that's what you're into, you can watch and f- observe many, many strange things just in the span of a couple of hours. I mean, it's a plethora of things that you will see. Not all are good. Trust me, not all of it's good. So another thing about having a large party is it will be hard to maneuver around the park. That's another reason that I tell you should have like a game plan or something. And you've kind of worked out who's going with who. It will help you uh, manipulate your way through the park a lot better. However, I would encourage you to take advantage of the photo pass system if you're gonna have a bigger crowd. I encourage everybody to do that anyway. We do it every time. It's well worth your money, I promise you. Because you're rather than pay $20 a picture, you get every picture. In one trip, we had over 500. So it's worth it. But you could always schedule times or text everybody and say, hey, we're gonna meet at this place so that we can have a photo pass session or something like that. You may even want to Um, I cannot for the life of me think of what it is, but you can organize a 20 minute photo session now for just your group. And that might be something that you want to consider with a large group as well. Otherwise, you will be wasting time in the park saying, well, I want to go here and I want to go here. No, I don't want to go there. And so that will alleviate some banter and maybe arguments and hopefully will help you have a smoother, happier, more magical day in the parks. Arguments in Disney World? That happens? I'm afraid so. Oh, yeah, it does. All right, moving on. Let's talk about park hopping. So just a just an introductory comment about this before we get started. I think, Vic, you would agree our stance on park hopping has kind of morphed and changed over the years. Yeah, I would agree with that. We, we used to do it a lot more than we do now only because A, it's just another cha-ching, cha-ching to add to your bill. Now, a pretty big, a pretty significant cha-ching. And we find that, you know, we don't like to sprint from park to park necessarily. It's not our thing. The bottom line is park hopping can take away time from your trip. If you're visiting Disneyland, you can walk from one park to the next. Now, this is not true for Disney World. You can take one of the forms of transportation or drive to another park, but either of these two options will take away from your park time because you got to get to where you're going. So bus traveling can take anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, and that's not even considering waiting for the bus prior to the ride. So lots of considerations there. Plan it out. Think through it. Another form of transportation for park hopping is the Skyliner. Um, This, of course, can be used if you're at Hollywood Studios or at Epcot. You can park hop 
to one or the other, you know, back and forth. It's typically a very quick turnaround. However, you need to consider a couple things about the Skyliner. If it's stormy out and there's thunder and lightning, which are Brad's not favorite things in the world, they won't be running the Skyliner. Also, if the winds get over certain miles per hour, don't ask me what those are, I apologize, but you can find that out, the Skyliner will not be running. It's just, they wanna be safe. That is a very safe ride, we can tell you. Brad's talked about it before. However, if it's really high winds, do you want people up in there swinging you from, you know, swinging you around? It's just a safety precaution for you as well as Disney. So those are some things you want to take into consideration. But that's another choice for you when park hopping between Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Yes, and in the words of BTS, this ride is smooth like butter. It really, <laughs> it really is smooth. It's not it jerky, which helps the whole feeling. Like, I'm not a fan of heights, but it helps because it's smooth. You don't feel like you're as high as you are, I don't think because it's not jerky, there's not huge dips. It's just very gradual, the whole thing. Right. So it helps. Um, now, if you're at Epcot, you can take a friendship boat from the back of Epcot over to Hollywood Studios and vice versa. We do this quite often. Um, A, because we think it's sometimes quicker, or B, sometimes we just want a nice little ride on a boat on a hot day. Uh, it can take up to 20 to 30 minutes, but of course a boat ride in Disney is never a bad idea. It gives you a chance to sit, like I said, and rest and take in some of the gorgeous views that you might not otherwise see. Uh, again, this will take up some of your time, but if you treat it like, like a ride, like kind of like we do, we don't see this as kind of the same as just getting on a bus because a bus is a bus. And I mean, I know a boat is a boat, but your view is kind of different on a boat. Vastly. It's definitely one of Vic's favorite ways to travel Disney World. We do use this a lot. And we also leverage the back of Epcot a lot. We used to come in the front, but for some reason, the front of Epcot seems very jam-packed. Seems like always it is. And so when we can, we try to plan our entrance into the back of Epcot, if we can. Um, and when Vic's on the boat, she likes to sit in the back and enjoy the breeze that, because you're, if you're at the very back of the boat, you're outside, you're not under the canopy. So you can feel the breeze coming off the water. It's just a very nice way to travel. It's very people mover-ish, which is, I like that too. Now, if you're at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot, you have the uh, accessibility to the monorail system, which is awesome and has been around since Disney World opened. and with uh, the contemporary, the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian all being connected to it. So this is definitely something that you want to try at least one time during your visits and maybe even more, especially if you're staying in one of those resorts, which we will get to stay in one of them this fall. I'm very excited about that. Besides using it for park hopping, you can use it if you're in one of those parks. You can use it to get to some of the dining reservations that you might have like Steakhouse 71, in California Grill that are at the Contemporary or at Ohana or Kona that are at the Polynesian or Grand Floridian Cafe and when Norcruces opens back up at the Grand Floridian. So the monorail can be used for a lot of different things and honestly we've used the monorail like Brad said as a ride just a chance to see behind the scenes and um, again this is 
taking part of your trip, but you sometimes need those breaks. And they're not usually as crowded as being in the park, so it gives you a little downtime from the crowds. Yes, 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 I agree with all that. Um, so yeah, we, we treat the transportation methods more like a ride than just a necessity to get from place to place, even though it is a necessity to get from place to place. It's all about your perception and how you treat it. Um, Vic's probably better at this than I am because she's a much more optimistic person. So she's like, yay, we get to go on a ride. And I'm more like, are we there yet? Um, but I do like these rides because it does give you a change up to see things in a different way on these different methods of transportation. Now, if you are going to park hop, one suggestion we would give you is to start with a park that either opens earlier than another one or tends to get crazier as the day progresses. So for example, Animal Kingdom, that usually opens earlier than any other park. So you should probably start there and then maybe head over to Magic Kingdom on a park hop or Epcot or Hollywood Studios because the hours have changed at Epcot, but it's usually a great choice to hop to because it typically stays open later into the evening than Hollywood Studios. So you get to just, you got to think through it again. It's extending your day. Um, of course, if you like a real challenge, you can try to hop to all four parks in one day. However, you need to prepare yourself for a very, very long day if you do that. Lots of steps and you may want a rest day the next day after that. Like, don't plan a park day after you do that. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, but it will give new meaning to Disney tired, if you've heard that term. Um, you might not be able, you might not want to get out of bed the next morning, and you might not be able to get out of bed the next morning. <laughs> so you just have to plan and think through it. Because if you've got open to close park days back to back without any breaks, you're going to hit a wall. Most people will hit a wall unless you're an athlete. So it's just something that you should do is to build in the breaks, build in rest days. We've learned that over time. Our first trip, we did not, and we suffered. Yeah, it was a, it was a whole adventure. So the next thing you want to think about is travel time within the park. Now, and I know this was really a tough one for my mom, Brad, until we actually got her there because she just couldn't visualize the size of each park and also she thought they were connected like, I don't know, almost like a closet, but not, I mean, for lack of a better way of explaining it, like she thought there was like a little gateway and ta-da! And that would be true if you were in uh, California, but this is not true in Orlando. So Epcot and Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom are very large acreage parks. Animal Kingdom, of course, the most because of all the animals. Um, and Hollywood Studios can even seem humongous to you at times, if you were at Rock and Roller Coaster and then you notice you need to be at Rise of the Resistance, that's clear on the other side of the park. That's a little bit of a haul, especially if you need to go quickly and there's a crowd going on or the stormtroopers are coming through or, you know, or there's a short cavalcade, cavalcade or whatever. You just don't have any idea what's going to go on. And just a little side note here. Sorry to interrupt you, Vic, but you do have, I believe, don't quote me exactly on this time. It may have changed, but I think you do have 10 minutes of grace before you're before any lightning lanes and like 15 minutes after like if you're late there is a grace period but i would not bank on that i mean that's risky i mean you know what i mean you 
there is some grace in the times of, of rides. Like if you're coming back at this time to ride a ride and you're given a window, I think there is some grace, but it's not a lot. You, you got to make sure you're pretty much getting there on time. And the way the lines are now, Brad, I don't know that I would even trust that. I know it's, it's risky. It used to, you could, it was easier to do that, but now I don't know. I think there was more grace before. Yeah. We have a tip and that is you may want to start a kind of a walking program at least two to three months prior to your trip. I'm not kidding. I know that somebody said they were going to create a couch to Disney uh, program and I'm not so sure that one of us shouldn't do that. But you definitely need to, you need to be able to walk, not even that it's so much quickly as if you're not somebody like Brad works and his job is sitting most of the day. As a teacher, I sit, but not very much because I have to take the kids places and because I teach elementary. So we shuffle everybody everywhere and I'm up and around and making sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that kind of stuff. So if you don't have a job that has you moving around, and even if you do have a job like what I have, it's a good idea for you to practice working or you're going to end up with shin splints or blisters. And we really want to try to help you prevent that from happening because of course we want your trip to be enjoyable. We don't want it to be a painful trip. We want it to be something that you can enjoy. So maybe you and your family can get together. And um, I know I have some clients that are there right now and Uh, They practiced before they went on their first trip with their first grandchild. And he said, we practice 10,000 steps a day. Well, guess what? Before we go next time, we're going to need to up it. And I hope that they did because he's there now with his second grandchild. And the first day I was telling Brad 21,000 steps and Brad's like, holy cow. So, and they're not, they're grandma and grandpa. So they're not as young as um, even we are. And so that's just as exhausting. So that is the suggestion that we have for you. It will help with your travel time in the park, but you need to allow your brain to think about that travel time. Don't just assume you can get from place to place in two seconds because it's not going to happen. Yeah. In the words of King Julian, you've got to move it, move it. That's right. Or you're going to be in pain and you might not be able to even move it at all. Right. If you don't be careful. Next up on our list of things to consider is the length of shows and attractions when you're going to the parks. So Disney has a large number of fantastic shows and attractions that are not rides, but they take some of the guests park time. And our suggestion is for you to split up your day with these things and work them in your day if possible. So for example, if you rope drop the Magic Kingdom, you could ride rides for two or three hours and then you might want to chill out and enjoy the carousel of progress in tomorrowland that's a very low-key ride by the way quality nap time if you're needing that you could have an early lunch ride rides for two or three more hours and then check out the tiki room in adventureland another great air-conditioned facility on a hot day you'll notice a theme when i'm speaking of these things the ac is key they probably know this about you from past podcasts probably it's just that you gotta you gotta strategically plan your AC breaks. And that doesn't mean you have to just go into a, a shop, which are mostly AC, the shows. You can take in shows and relax and do that as well. Um, like the Tiki Room, it's only about 15 minute show. So why not hop next door to Frontierland and see the Country Bear Jamboree and get shook for a 15 minute show. Uh, you'll know what I mean when you see that show. When I say that this helps break up your day, give your feet a rest and cool off from the Florida heat 
from your shoes melting, especially if it's 100 degrees or hotter, which is not uncommon. And don't miss out on Disney's spectacular shows like the Frozen Sing-Along. That's a snoozer for me. Um, That's not true. I, sometimes I sing along off-key on purpose just to be annoying. But other times I sleep. And then there's Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. That is a real fan favorite. People really like that show. I'm glad they kept it. I don't know if they're going to get rid of it or do something else with it in the future, but I think they'll have a mutiny on their hands with that one. I think they're going to update it, but that's just a, like a rumor in my mind. That would be good if they did that and up their game on it. Uh, the Festival of the Lion King, always a favorite. It's tough to be a bug. It's a good show. Beauty and the Beast sing along. And the list really goes on and on. And you want to try to take it all in because it's those breaks that you build in that also help you maintain and withstand your long day, especially if you're going to be at the parks from open to close. These are things you should prepare yourself for because they are going to eat away at some of your time. And we don't want we want you to maximize your time as much as possible. And that is one way to be able to withstand open to close at Disney World is doing these kinds of things. So we've learned a lot since Disney World reopened from the pandemic in July of 2020. The wait times listed may or may not be accurate. And we've talked about this a little bit over time, um, but because of that, this will also be hard for you to plan in advance. So sometimes 15 minutes wait is not exactly 15 minutes. It could be 10 minutes. It could be more than 10 minutes. The ride could break down. You just can't count on it exactly. So if you have something going on that you're supposed to go to next, like a dining reservation, or you've paid for a lightning lane, you don't want to miss that. Now, I'm sure you could probably ask to get out of the line, but after you've stood in the line for a few minutes, your mind says, I want to ride this ride. So just prepare yourself like that. So if you're within 10 minutes of a lightning lane or a dining reservation and you see a 15 minute wait, I wouldn't, I'm not, you know, I know Brad's talked about grace period. I wouldn't necessarily think it's okay for you to do that unless you're willing to risk your lightning lane chance or your dining reservation. So these are things, again, we're just telling you things to consider. We're not saying you have to listen to us. We're not the be all know all, but we have done a lot of trips and we know how to maximize our time and to make our days flow so that we aren't physically exhausted as much as we were the very first time we were there. And I will say this again, we've said it before, if something like that does happen, and for some reason there's an issue, like you're waiting in a line for a ride, there's an issue, there's a delay, and it prevents you from getting to like maybe your next thing, which is maybe a dining reservation, and you miss that, and you even miss the grace period, like you blow the past that, go to the cast member, talk to them. Nicely. Don't be ugly about it, be nice. They will usually, I can almost guarantee you, they will try their best to work with you if you just explain to them what happened, especially if it's something technical, like on the ride you were on that delayed you. They're very accommodating when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, and they know because they're a cast member, they'll know if that's true or not, because I think they can find out and know that in advance that there's, oh, there was a technical issue on this ride. And so you weren't lying about that. But just be honest and upfront and nice. They'll usually not give you an issue, even though you might go past some of the grace periods. Like if you come in and you're already upset and you're looking to take it out on somebody and that's the cast member that you're going to take it out on, don't expect them to show you grace for that because it's just, 
they're doing their job. They're there trying to help people as much as they can. They don't want to get screamed at just like you wouldn't want to be get screamed at. So that's our soapbox on that. I just wanted to throw that in. We've said it before, but always, always be nice to a cast member. You might even get some magic out of it. Okay, the last thing on our list to talk about today and something to consider is ADRs, which is Advanced Dining Reservations. For those who don't know what the acronym is, ADRs can be booked up to 60 days in advance. And after you or your travel agent got up with the roosters to secure that reservation, and you might wanna make sure that you allow time to get to the restaurant. Disney has a 10 minute grace period, but you just, like we said, you don't wanna lose something that you worked so hard to get or get charged for a meal that you just didn't make it to. Um, you need to be prepared for the fact that some meals take longer than others. For example, Be Our Guest restaurant, that's a prefix meal, or Tepanado, where they cook right in front of you, or California Grill, that's an actual experience, a dining experience. Um, these are meals that are to be cherished and take your time, but they do take time away from the park and they're definitely worth considering, especially if you only have one day in each park. So just know that going in, ADRs, they can take up more time as well, depending on what type of restaurant it is. And I know for a lot of people, Brad, that is not the important part. Their part, their thing is how many rides can I get done while I'm at Disney World? Yes. And at the beginning, I think we were trying to do everything the very first trip. And then even the second trip, we were there 10 days the second trip. And we learned the system a little bit because, of course, I booked it. And every trip I've learned a little bit more, obviously. we Like we said, we know how to do it now. We've done it long enough. That's why I love helping people create the magic and go on their trips. That's why I still love doing it for us because we can still change it up and make it special for us but I know how to do it so that we can do everything that our family wants to do. And we know that we're gonna come back again. If you don't know you're gonna come back again, you definitely wanna adhere to some of these things that we've said so that you can maximize that time, especially if it's gonna be like 10 years before you get to come back. Um, if you haven't been there in 10 years, like we just went with our friend last October, or in October of 2020, when we went, he hadn't been there since we were there with them in 2009. So it had been over 10 years massive changes and I'm not sure that we were able to get him into everything we wanted him to see. He saw a lot of it, but there were tons of changes and I'm not sure he got to see everything and how different it was from the last time he was there. That being said, just some advice that we like to give you guys. Which in all honesty, the way prices are going, people may not be going as often because of that very reason. Very true. Uh, before I close up the show, um, we are recording this ahead of time, and I just want to send out our thoughts and prayers to all the people in Texas. I am an elementary school teacher. I cannot imagine. I know we practice the intruder drills all the time, and the kids always want to know, who am I going to save? Well, I'm going to try to save all of them, but um, I can't even imagine the horror that they went through today or that they're going to go through in the months and years to come so just be in prayer for the school in texas and all that are involved it's a, it's a hit for our country too just pray for our nation so that we can maybe get back on track i know that is not disney related but i feel like we are a family show and we care about everyone and i'm sure we have friends in texas that were nearby there or 
were um, in some way touched by this situation. And then I know that this is bringing up memories for the people on the East Coast. The Sandy Hook. Yeah, the Sandy Hook. Yeah, this is just, it's going to bring a lot of PTSD for people that have been through this situation already before and for these people now. And so we just need to be thinking of those people. And I want, if anybody's listening in Texas, I'm thinking and praying for you guys because I can't even imagine. It has to be nearing the end of the school year for you too because it is for us. We hope that this episode helps you consider some things before and during the time that you're traveling at Disney. We also hope that it helps your trip be more magical. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 636-395-0544. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, text us at 636-395-0544. You can make a reservation for a $200 refundable deposit. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or our TikTok account, Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, Brad, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends.